Saints will start from the 35, and they will throw it. Breeze going to go deep, right off the bat, looking for Ginn, and it's intercepted. First play of the game, Craven LeBlanc picks it off, and what a start for Philadelphia. It's a big advantage of it on that last. All right, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. Man, um, what a game yesterday. Um, Saints versus the Eagles. I mean, a, a good slate of games yesterday. You got a chance to see, um, you know, vintage, vintage Tom Brady just rip apart <clears throat> the the Chargers. You didn't think you would see that. Um, I mean, I didn't know for sure what you would get out of that situation, but I, I promise I didn't expect that. Um, but we, we saw it, right? We saw vintage Tom Brady, vintage Patriots just kind of murder, um, the, the, um, Los Angeles Chargers. And it was it, right? And that was the wrap for, that was a wrap for them. And just like, you know, most people expected is Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in the final game for the AFC before they go to the championship. I mean, before they go to the Super Bowl. And so, um, we'll talk about that, but we have to get into the Saints game. Um, Saints start off the game just trying their best to test the secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles. And the crazy part about that play, just from the jump, right? Ted Ginn was far, he was behind his receiver. And if that was a younger Drew Brees throwing the ball or a Patrick Mahomes throwing that ball, that was a touchdown to begin the game and that's kind of how they envision starting they envision starting hot and they thought they would come in throw the first bomb and you know immediately either get a really big play or if not a big play then they would start off with a touchdown that was the vision that was the plan but it seemed to be much different everything turned out much different for the New Orleans Saints coming off of a base, essentially a two-week bye, right? Drew, Drew Brees haven't played in two weeks. Uh, most of the starters hadn't played in two weeks. Coming off a two-week bye, first play of the game, Philadelphia shows them that, hey, this will not be like it was last time. Um, just forget about that. That's not what we're doing here today. And so after that, Philly started to roll a little bit. Run. Second and two. Here comes pressure from Okafor. Foles going to let it go. He's going to go deep. He's got Jordan Matthews. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Here's Foles. Has time. Going to go deep, far side of the field. And it is caught. Alshon Jeffrey comes and gets it. Second and goal. The crazy part about that series of plays, um, you just saw, uh, well, you just heard, right? Um, what happened with Philadelphia? They get the ball. Um, before you know it, Jordan Matthews is, is scoring a touchdown. He goes deep. That was that was a that was surprising. That was surprising. You didn't think Jordan Matthews would contribute much in this game, especially with the other receivers that they have. They have Elshon Jeffrey. Let me tell you something. The entire game, the entire game, I could tell something was wrong with Elshon Jeffrey, even though the reports weren't vivid. Like they weren't actually clear about what was wrong with Elshon Jeffrey that he suffered from. I heard later that he suffered he was suffering from broken ribs, but if you watch just Elshon Jeffrey, go back and look at the highlights, go back and look at the game if you have Game Pass, just check out Elshon Jeffrey in the entire game, even though he was dominating at times. You can tell that he wasn't quite himself and 
I was just waiting for that to pan out and for that to play out and, and, and how that would look at the end of the day. When we looked at this Philadelphia team, they came in hot. They came in basically saying that we're not what you thought we were. We're nothing like the team that you pummeled earlier in the season. We are coming here and we're going to make a statement. And they start off hot. They they um, start off with a long bomb touchdown to Jordan Matthews. After that, what you heard after that was a long throw to Elshon Jeffrey. That set up a one-yard touchdown run by Nick Foles. Now, unfortunately for the Eagles, that would be the end of their scoring for the day. That was it. But at that point, if you're a Saints fan or if you are somebody cheering for the Saints or at least even thinking that the Saints would win, you were nervous. And I know because I'm a Saints fan and I was nervous. You start off 14-0. These are the Super Bowl champions. Think about what's happening. Think about what's at stake. It is Nick Foles. Nick Foles is known for overcoming obstacles. He is known for coming in the playoffs and doing well. And it's not even that they were so much more talented than the New Orleans Saints. That wasn't the situation. What was the situation truly was that this team just has a will and they won't stop. They won't stop. Plus, let me let me say this. If they're matching talent for talent with the New Orleans Saints, here's where they're doing it. They're even better. Let's let's just say better on their defensive front. Their defensive line was I mean, if not toe for toe with the New Orleans Saints offensive line, then they're better. Then they're better. Tim Jernigan, you have to account for him. Michael Bennett, they bring in a Haloti Nada. Nada. I mean, jeez. I mean, the amount of talent. Fletcher Cox was a problem yesterday. He was a problem, and he was a problem for Andrews Pete, who was coming off of a hand surgery that he secretly did over the bye week. And that's so many of these things that people didn't know about, which I think is really weird that all these facts are coming out after the after the game. Oh, Elshon Jeffries' ribs were hurt. What's his name? Andrews Pete. He had to deal with a a hand, and that's why you know he was having so, having so many holding penalties and doing so much. Let me tell you something, Pete. Straight up, this week it was Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is huge. Apparently, I mean he's big, big dude, big. He is problematic. He is um quick. But next week, Aaron Donald may come and see you. And if the Rams are smart, they're going to line Aaron Donald up in that either in a three gap or right over you. And he is going to come for you because you have shown yourself to be the weak link, at least right now. Now, I love Andrews Pete because of his I mean, his versatility. If, if anything, his versatility is big. And what do I mean by his versatility? I mean that whenever um, Teron Armstead goes down and when I say whenever, I mean... He goes down so often that this is a all-the-time moment. You're just kind of waiting for the next time Teron Armstead goes down. He is a very athletic tackle, but at the same time, he goes down a lot. He's an injury-prone individual. Right now, it's the arm. I don't understand. It's so weird that he's Armstead, right? Um, <laughs> and his arm can't stay steady. But um, he is <laughs> he's consistently hurt, whether it's ankle, knee, thigh, something. Right. And if it's not that he's gone for personal reasons, I don't know what's the deal with Teron Armstead. But at the same time, when he's in the game, he's the best. He's one of the best um, players in the game. Hands down. He's a pro bowler for a reason. 
But sometimes he's not there. And so when he goes out, Andrews Pete sometimes slides over to that left tackle spot because he has that type of versatility. Sometimes, um, at one point, it was a whole switch up, right? Ryan Ramchak had to play that side, and they could move Andrews Pete to the right side. He can kind of move along that line, except for center, the only place I haven't seen him actually have to play or sub in. He is a very versatile piece. And on the when it's time for screens, when it's time for him to run block, he's a vicious run blocker. So Andrews Pete is somebody who's a pretty good player. Same time, at the same exact time, he has shown himself at this point, whether it's the hand injury or whatever, to be the weak link. Aaron Donald is coming to see you, and that's a bad dude. So I expect there to be some help, or at least chipping, um, for Aaron Donald. If not Aaron Donald, then, I mean, and Dominican Sue is coming to see you. One way or another, you're going to have, you better be ready to play because it's going to be a long day for you come this Sunday. Either way, the Saints get off to a very poor start. You look at every other top seed, the Patriots came in hot, right? Coming in hot. They came in super hot, um, and they just started off doing their thing. Killed it. Killed it. And they, they murdered the Chargers with no problem. The Chiefs, they came in hot, right? No problem for them. The Rams came in hot. I'm hearing reports that the Rams knew the Cowboys' hand signals. That's kind of weird. But at the same time, they came in hot, and they, they just did their thing. Murdered the Cowboys, called it a day, and, and they're ready to move on. But my thing is this. Is it possible that the two weeks off for the Saints, the possibility of them not taking the Ram, the not the Rams, but the Eagles as seriously, is that a thing? Is that something that we have to kind of account for? Maybe they didn't come in as hot because they haven't been playing football. And the offensive line, if you looked at um, the reports for NOLA.com, then what was happening is that the New Orleans Saints offensive line wasn't truly practicing that first week off. A lot of them took rest days and things of that nature, at least according to what the media was saying or, or could see and report. So when I look at the New Orleans Saints, I see it was maybe they thought that. And I know, I know the rhetoric. Every time they talk, they said they're not taking this team lightly. They know that this team is going to be different. All that stuff was said, but it's hard to look across the field at a team that you blew out and, and, and respect that they're going to come in and then do the same exact thing to you. The Saints, however, um, had to get woken up. There was a wake-up call that needed to happen because they had totally lost momentum. And, and, and there's a few different reasons why. To no avail. Third down. Here comes a blitz. Breeze. Stripped. Ball is loose. Flag two. Picked up by Philadelphia. Brandon Graham jarred it loose. And the Eagles have it. Backside Brandon Graham. Does that look familiar, Philadelphia fans? Remember the Super Bowl against... The New England Patriots is the empty hand rule. Drew Brees is not going forward. They would have been first and ten. <laughs> a great play by Philadelphia would have been wiped out. Brandon Graham getting it done. Now, when you look overall at what's going on with the New Orleans Saints on the offensive line, like I said, they had a lot of challenges. One of the challenges also was Brandon Graham. I mean, just I mean, the defensive line for Philadelphia is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Now the secondary is jacked up, but this team is is set up for a for a comeback. They're set up to be a team that's going to do well next year as long as they're able to kind of hold on to those pieces and share up that secondary. Really, what this team needs to do is get healthy because that secondary was, you know, in shambles, basically. Even in the game, they lost some players and some players had to come back. 
Um, I think of uh, Rashid Douglas. He was somebody who you know was hurt and needed to come back. He came back in the game later on, but that team was basically it was hurt. It was a hurt team the entire time. So if they get healthy, if they find a way to get healthy, then this is going to be something. The Saints needed something to turn them to turn this game around, to turn the momentum around, and they got it. So there were several different points of turnover. Like there were several different changes in momentum. The first one you just heard with Marshawn Lattimore, um, Foles went deep. I think he was doing it to um, he, he was doing it to I forgot he was doing it to his tight end. And then um, during that time, Marshawn Lattimore goes up. Marshawn Lattimore goes up, takes the ball out of midair, and then he changes the momentum. The Saints still came in three downs, and they three downs didn't get the first down. They were off the field when this happened. Thomas Morstead has punted more in this first half, and it's a fake, and it's a keeper, and it's a first down. So forget the Morstead punt. Taysom Hill, who does it all for this team, on the trickery. Life for the Saints on first down. As Aloni Nada checks in for Cox. Flag two. Breeze sees it, throws it, completes it. Big play on the free play. It's Michael Thomas who's still going inside the 25. Taysom Hill giving the Saints life again. Fourth and goal. Breeze looking to throw. Throws a fade. Touchdown. Keith Kirkwood. So there was a big momentum shift. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Now, if you're a Saints fan, I'm going to tell you one person you absolutely love. You love Taysom Hill. And I know I know that you do. I know that you do. Because Taysom Hill has been the momentum changer. He is the momentum changer. He is. He's a every game Steve Gleason for us. If you remember Steve Gleason's role a long time ago when it was <laughs> when he blocked that um, kick, or blocked that punt in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sorry, not in the Super Bowl, but in the Superdome when the Superdome was just coming back in that game against the Falcons. Now that's a big statue moment. Like, that's a thing. Well, you have to look at um, this guy in the same like Taysom Hill is a game changer if you go back to games um one of the games against Tampa Bay right he had to block a kick in, in those type of games he's always doing something he's always doing something that switches or changes momentum he's a playmaker and he had to make a play this game as well that fake punt that fake punt changed the game for New Orleans. It changed the game, started to really, really fuel their drives. Now, if you look at what happened overall, I mean, this team looked like a team that was destined. It was destined to get beat. They were destined to get beat in the in their home. The mystique of the dome is a real situation. Like, don't don't get that twisted. And that's not what I'm saying. It's, I'm not saying that you can go outside the mystique of the dome. That's a real thing. But because of the mystique of the dome is so real, one of the things that you have to kind of do is come in there and punch somebody dead in the mouth and then just try to see how they react to it. And Philly did that. They came in, punched the Saints dead in the mouth. Um, it was just that in this particular game, the Saints found their way. They found a way to keep on fighting. And what I'm hoping for in this particular case is that the Saints won't do that. Against the Rams 
a much more talented team. Their secondary is way more talented. We'll talk about them in a second. Let's just keep going through this game. We'll get back to that. But if you look at this overall game, there were a few places where momentum switches or momentum changes. And, and here's a few more. What a game for Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal player. He runs aggressive routes. He's always open, seemingly. And he is, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, Drew Brees' is number one receiver. I've never actually seen Drew Brees with the number one receiver. Actually, that's what made Drew Brees so special because he didn't have a number one receiver. And there was nobody who he always went to. But in this particular game, actually this particular season, he is the overall number one receiver. 12 receptions in this game for 171 yards and one touchdown. The touchdown you just heard. Over on the season, 125 catches. 1,405 yards. I mean, just ridiculous. Nine touchdowns overall he has been ever since he got to new orleans he's been drew Brees' guy and that's just what it is and, and and that's completely okay the only problem with that is that in this particular game the other weapons the other weapons like ted ginn came through at times but for the most part ted ginn was was pretty much absent during this game he didn't really affect it like he um like he generally would or especially like he did early on in the season you look at Keith Kirkwood, he had that one catch, but outside of that, he didn't do a lot in this game. Um, one of the other players that I was um, expecting a few different things from and I didn't truly get it from was Traquan Smith. He's been absent this season. Great hands. He showed great hands on one play, but for the most part, this this mm, second half of the season, he's been somewhat absent. He's been somewhat absent, and that's um, a little disturbing, especially going up against a team who had they the Rams have the capability, have the capabilities, especially now with a keep to leave to stop a player like Michael Thomas and to limit a player like Elvin Kamara. So you have to pay attention to what's possible um, for next week, but. As the game went along, the, the Saints finally took the lead after that touchdown to Michael Thomas. There were a few other huge plays um, in the game, but I want to say probably one of the best plays of the game came towards the end when when you start looking at Nick Foles. Nick Foles is, is such a great such a great I want to say I don't want to say game manager because it seems like an insult, but he's such a great leader of that offense this offense he knows very well it's kind of suited for him he plays extremely well in it and he's always somebody who you have to fear towards the end of games because he's he's shown himself to be a closer he's shown himself to be a closer but so has Drew Brees and you thought towards the end Drew Brees would find a way to to close this thing out and he's marching he has the ball 
He's going towards um, the end zone. All he needs is a field goal to make this a nine-point game. He gets them close enough to field goal range um, with a few plays. Watch this. After that kick, man, to as a Saints fan, as somebody who was paying attention to what Nick Foles has been able to do in the playoffs in the past, you only had a six-point lead. You're looking at this situation like, man, this could be the Minnesota miracle all over again. This could be one of those situations where you leave with that icky oh, feeling in your mouth because Nick Foles, Foles has just come into the Superdome and led his team to victory. It's a feeling you don't want to get, you don't even want to think about, but it's a situation where um, you're only hoping that the Saints can somehow, their defense can somehow rally and figure out a way to, to help you to leave here with a victory. And you're trying to figure out how that's going to happen. Well, um, you didn't know. You just didn't know, and all you knew was that Nick Foles was accustomed to bringing his team back. He's accustomed to bringing his team the victory, especially in these type of situations. And with a defense that had been solid after the first quarter, Saints defense got really, really good. Eli Apple had a pretty good game. Marshawn Lattimore um, was having a pretty decent game. He was letting up sometimes, right? Alshon Jeffrey did a really great job of separation, of separating because of his height, right? So, um, Nick Foles, one of his very great specialties is his ability to throw high and to throw um, in a way that allows the wide receiver to separate using his physical attributes. And in this case, Sean Jeffrey is just his size and his height. Marshawn Lattimore can do nothing with it. So, um, as you as you're seeing what the matchups have been, um, Zach Ertz is the name that I want to say earlier, right? Zach Ertz was the guy who Nick Foles threw it to, and Marshawn Lattimore picked that off. Zach Ertz started to come alive a little bit in the game, and you started to get concerned about that. Darren Sproles is somebody else who could have been a factor, but the Saints defense did a great job of limiting him and Smallwood um, in the running game. So they kind of had to stick to the pass. But remember, the pass is the weak point for the Saints. And so leading into that very last drive, you kind of had to wonder what was going to happen and what could become of, of the Nick Foles and his story in New Orleans. That'll do it. That'll do it. And so um, that last uh, thing you heard was Nick Foles throwing an interception. He threw it straight to Elshon Jeffrey. Elshon Jeffrey, who had recently bragged about having some of the best hands in the league, right? I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm with the announcers. With the announcers mentioned a little bit, but what you were able to see was that his he was his ribs were hurt. And as he was going as he was going up, he could see Alex Anzalone kind of in his, you know, kind of about to deliver a hit. So I think he thought about that, lost concentration on the ball, ball slipped straight through his hands. Marshawn Lattimore, who was the hero of the day, picked the ball off, and he was on uh, on his way 
to you know to the end zone to take the team picture as as they've grown accustomed to doing. The Saints, the Saints are headed to the NFC Championship game where they're going to now play the Los Angeles Rams. And my question to you is this. What do you think? What do you think? I, I don't know what you think. I'll tell you what I think. I really believe, I truly believe that the New Orleans Saints are, um, are in somewhat a bit of trouble. They have to figure out what they're going to do about about these slow starts. They've been starting slow lately for, I, I want to say, like the past five or six weeks. Like, they haven't been on fire. This New Orleans Saints team hasn't been on fire. Besides the Steelers game, where I think they came in a little bit, um, they came in a little bit hot. They've been kind of struggling to start off, and they started off slow. Against this Rams team, this Rams team is different now. They are different now. I mean, they are different, different. I mean, if you look at this team... C.J. Anderson gives them some type of spark that's crazy, right? That means when Todd Gurley comes off the field, you still have to worry about a running back who can gash you. He can gash you, and he's big, which means he's going to pound on you. So you have to stop C.J. Anderson now, and he's motivated. Yes, he's big, and he looks out of shape, but he is not, and he is running extremely well, and he's been killing it since he uh, he signed on with the Rams. You got to worry about him. Um, on, on top of worrying about him, you have to worry about Ty Gurley. So when he comes back in the game all refreshed, you have to worry about what Ty Gurley is going to do to you. Receiving out of the backfield is a good is a thing for him. He can do that extremely well. The first contest between these teams, they were able to stop Ty Gurley and shut him down. We'll see if they can do that again. You also have to worry about Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks will possibly be the weapon that you really have to pay attention to. Yes, Marshawn Lattimore can do a pretty decent job against him but if you remember that first game cooks went off cooks had a good game and cooks can have great games in new orleans because that's a fast track and he's a fast guy and to be honest with you i'm wondering who's gonna cover him it can't be eli eli's not that fast eli apple is not fast enough to cover brandon cooks on a consistent basis now the question is can they get pressure can the new orleans saints generate pressure and they were able to generate pressure a lot uh, in this eagles game but not as much as they needed to not as much as they needed to. They needed to to do a lot more. But after that first quarter, they were able to at least stymie the Eagles defense and not allow them another score, not a field goal or nothing. So the question is, can they find their defensive rhythm early against the Rams? Because if they don't, they're going to be in a world, a world of trouble. But if you're asking for my predictions, here's what I believe. I truly believe that the Saints are a team of destiny. I really think they're a team of destiny. I really think that even though the Rams are coming in here, I think it'll be a really, really hard game for the Saints to win. I think it'll come down to like the last few possessions. But if it comes down to those last few possessions, I believe in the New Orleans Saints. And I think that they can get this game won. I believe that they can win this game against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, how will they do it? Man, That that is up to only God knows. I, I can't tell you. If, if they win this game, it'll probably be because of what happened in the trenches. And I mean from def- the defensive line versus the offensive line, defense of the Rams versus the offensive line of the Saints, if they can neutralize Aaron Donald, if they can neutralize Aaron Donald, if they can neutralize Ndamukong Sue and, and um, Fowler, then by the end of this game you should possibly see a win for the New Orleans Saints if they can't and you know Aaron Donald's allowed to do his thing um Sue is allowed to do his thing this New Orleans team has shown 
has shown consistently that they can be stopped. This offense is not unstoppable. If um, Aqib Tlaib comes in and he's able to shut down Michael Thomas, it's going to be tough for everybody else to do stuff. Now, the only thing that I see a real advantage for the Saints are as, as it relates to running backs versus the Saints running backs versus the linebackers of the Rams. If the Rams have a weak spot, it's their linebacking core. If they have a real weak spot, it's their linebacking core. Yes, Aqib Tlaib can be had. Now, remember, Aqib Tlaib is tripping out, right? Aqib Tlaib wants really, really bad. He wants this matchup. He wants the rematch. He was super upset with um with Sean Payton, and he wants the rematch real bad. He's not one of those guys who's um just kind of like chilling. He really wants this rematch real bad, and the reason he wants it so bad is because of what he perceives happened last time with him and Sean Payton. He heard Sean Payton saying some stuff on the sideline, and he wants he wants Sean Payton bad, right? Pay attention to what he said. On him, one Tell on Sean one. Payton, keep talking. We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Fair enough. Yeah, because I like what he was saying on the sidelines, too. So tell him keep talking that shit, and I hope you see me soon. You feel me? And then we're going to have a good little, nice little bowl of gumbo together. Sounds good. Thank you. So it's gumbo eating week. And um, if you... <laughs> And if he's really about that life, he's really about that action, then um, Sean Payton is going to challenge him. He's going to challenge Marcus Peters. Now, Marcus Peters looked very up to the task in his last game against the Cowboys. He looked extremely up to the task. If it's time, it's time to really put those words to task, really put those, it's put up a shut up time for Marcus Peters. Will Marcus Peters be the one to cover Michael Thomas? The cool part about the Rams is that if he is and he fails early, they can switch out and Aqib Tlaib can come over and cover Michael Thomas. I love the matchup between Marcus Peters and every other Saints receiver. Every other one of them. He can shut down every other one of them except for Michael Thomas. And so it may be tough sledding and it may be a big Mark Ingram game. If the Saints win, it'll be because, like I said, they won up front. Their offensive line was not only able to neutralize the pass rush of the Rams, but they were also able to gash the Rams. And Mark Ingram had a great day, and Elvin Kamara had a great day. If they're able to win, that's the reason why. If they're not able to win, it's because their offense has become stale, and people have figured out how to stop Michael Thomas, and the Rams have figured out how to stop Michael Thomas, and how to stop Elvin Kamara, and... Ingram was not able to get off and have a great day. The Saints will basically live and die on their stars on that day. Their defense, Saints defense, could come up with some great plays. Jared Goff could be another reason why the Saints will win because he somewhat folds under pressure. But if you remember, if you remember what happened this week, he was able to hand that ball off to C.J. Anderson, hand it off to Ty Gurley, and relieve the pressure on him. And by the end of it, they looked extremely dangerous and extremely good they look Super Bowl bound a lot of people will lose faith in the New Orleans Saints and they'll say that it's not possible for the Saints to win this game because of the talent of the Rams I remember in the offseason I'm gonna bring y'all back nostalgia time I remember in the offseason when the Rams were putting this team together the juggernaut and I kept seeing the signings and Dominican Sue people were it was a fight for Indomitian Sioux this offseason. The Saints wanted Indomitian Sioux. A lot of teams wanted Indomitian Sioux. When he decided to sign with the Rams, I knew it was a big loss for the Saints. Everybody in New Orleans was like, man, that sucks. Remember all the hashtags, Sioux Saint, uh, Saint Sioux? Like, people wanted 
Ndamukong and Sue really bad. We knew if we had him, it'd be a good look. Don't take away from the fact that the Saints just lost Sheldon Rankins for the year, and he won't be playing in the Super Bowl or in the NFC Championship game. And so that's going to be a big deal as well. He helps plug up that middle, and he helps provide interior pass rush. Oh, man, there's so many factors that are, that are going into this game. The overarching theme will be, it'll be this. Can the Saints stop the Rams' defensive front? And can they find other people to contribute outside of Michael Thomas? And can Michael Thomas still contribute even though Aqib Tlaib is present? <sighs> Will Alvin Kamara be that guy? Will he be that guy? There's so many different factors, man. There's so many different things to consider in this particular game. So my immediate reaction to after that game against the Eagles, my immediate thing is this. I feel... And when I say immediate, I mean like a day later. But <laughs> I feel like the Saints struggled through the Eagles game. It doesn't look good for them um, in this next week. But I still feel at the end of the day, the New Orleans Saints will beat the Los Angeles Rams. And I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong, dead wrong. And if I'm wrong, it's because of the reasons I said. Or maybe it's other reasons. I don't know. But I feel like at the end of the day, the New Orleans Saints is a team of destiny. They are going to beat the Rams, hopefully. And... And you'll see them in Atlanta playing in their rival city looking for their second Super Bowl championship. We're going to see. We'll see how it all plays out. The Rams are very formidable, so we'll see how it all plays out. Either way, hey, look, this is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you're enjoying um, our new layout. There's so many different things that we've kind of took a, took time to upgrade. So hopefully, you're enjoying the new sound. You're enjoying some of the new soundtracks. Hopefully, you're enjoying the interviews that we're, that we're doing. And if you are, please, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. And look, I want to know you. I want to know who you are, and I want to highlight you. If you have a business or something like that, please feel free to reach out. We would love to kind of talk about it on our, on our lines and, and, you know, show who you are and really, really explain what you do to the people. If you're doing something else, right, like let's just say you're a musician and you're a rap artist and you want to make a you want to make some music for our show. Right. I'm down for that. We super down for that. Send in. Send it in. Send it in to Rick Sincere at Gmail dot com. Rick Sincere at Gmail dot com. That's R-I-C Sincere at Gmail dot com. Um, send me your version of an MTMV Sports you know, like a like a kickoff type of song or whatever, right? And uh, we'll listen to them and we'll play the best ones on, on most of our shows. So, with that being said, we absolutely love you. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great day. God bless.